everyone. Welcome to my show, Career Startup Leadership Podcast, a podcast to spotlight purpose-driven Asian leaders making an impact. This is your host, Priyanka Komla, joining you on our 98th episode of Career Startup Leadership Podcast. As usual, a big thank you to all your encouragement and support as we ace our 100th episode soon. So keep watching us by following me, Priyanka Komla, and a Career Startup Leadership Podcast page on LinkedIn to receive our LinkedIn Live notifications. And if you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe to help us understand how this podcast is helping you become a better version of yourself. All right. I have a special guest of ours joining us from Baltimore here on the west coast of United East Coast of United States, I should say, Maryland. And here we go. We have Satya Elumalai, who is a CEO and entrepreneur, joining us. Hey, Satya. Welcome to the show. Hi, Priyanka. Nice to see you here and very excited to, the show, to join the show. Awesome. Thank you so much, Satya. <laughs> Satya is an amazing entrepreneur, and I'm super excited. He's taken the time to be with us today. So let me tell you what this episode is going to be about and a little bit more about Satya Eluma himself. He's the founder and CEO at IDAR Health, where he developed a revolutionary tricorder-style rapid health assessment device called the Mouth Lab and a digital medicine platform for improving clinical trials and patient healthcare outcomes. He's an official member of the Forbes Business Council, ambassador at PCRI and an advisory board member at Rutgers University. He has over 15 plus years of experience in healthcare and holds a dual master's degree in public health and an MBA from the John Hopkins University. As a proven leader, he has driven large scale digital transformations in healthcare. And what better way than to bring him onto the show to help us understand more about his revolutionary healthcare device and also the fun side of Satya. Hey Satya, welcome again to the show. Thanks, Priyanka. As I said, it's fantastic to be uh, in your show and uh, very much looking forward to talking to our listeners. That's amazing. So let me start with who Satya is. As a 15-plus-year uh, you know, experienced healthcare executive who started his journey from Chennai in the uh, southern part of India all the way to becoming a CEO, as an entrepreneur, you know, how does it feel when you look back and tell us how you ended up being an entrepreneur yourself? No, I think, um, yeah, as you said, I'm from Chennai. I spent uh, pretty much all my life in uh, Chennai before coming here. <clears throat> I always wanted to be a doctor and wanted to actually help um, people in need. But uh, the closest thing that I was able to get to was a biomedical engineer where I was trying to build solutions to help um, physicians. Um, and I came to the US, started for my master's, and I ended up doing a couple of master's. Uh, uh, but more importantly, I spent um, a solid 10 years working at Johns Hopkins on the patient safety, patient satisfaction, infection control, uh, and a lot of things to help improve the healthcare of an individual. So, and of course, I, I worked for another data analytics company after <clears throat> but throughout this process, uh, there was one thing that was really behind me and trying to help me out uh, is uh, uh, the passion to or the personal need to help my mom. Uh, my mom has multiple chronic conditions. And uh, since uh, since almost like for 10, 15 years, I've been seeing her going through this challenge. And um, five years ago I, or six years ago, I thought, OK, I think this is the time I I really wanted to build more like a communication tool to help communicate what's my mom's, what's happening with my mom's health with me and also with my physician. And uh, that's when I met my co-founder, Dr. Gene Friedman, who's a genius, somebody who I really look up to. 
um, we got together and then created a solution. Uh, initially, it started off to help my mom, uh, but uh, later on, we realized that uh, it could help millions and maybe billions of people like my mom uh, and uh, millions of caregivers like me to um, give like better quality of life. So that was a starting point. And uh, again, it feels very, uh, very it's fascinating and it's very exciting uh, to come from a really humble beginning to, to do what I'm doing today. I'm very fortunate uh, and thankful to my team. That's amazing. And I love the fact that your entrepreneurship was driven by you know, a need that you saw within your own family. And I think that's where the best startups come into existence. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, every single entrepreneur has uh, has a need, has a dream, and that's why people end up starting their own companies. Uh, for me, it was since it was very personal and it's time dependent. Um, that's what really pushes me. Again, if, if it was something that's going to be a long term value, something that's going to be valuable after five or six years, I wouldn't be working <laughs> as hard as I'm working today because I think. I need a solution today and people like me and uh, who needs a solution today uh, know the, the pressure in which we work. So uh, I know, I think I, this is this is a great opportunity, especially with COVID. Uh, now, whatever we're doing is far more relevant than ever before. You know, that's very true. If I may ask, how what's the best compliment you've received from your mom based on your success so far? Uh, I'm yet to receive one. <laughs> I think from my mom, it's basically like, I mean, how, how healthy I am. I'm, am I eating well? That I'm sleeping well? That that's that's all is her um, key requirements. But I think uh, uh, the biggest compliment that I don't know if, if she would say, but uh, the, the day that I would really see her health data coming from Chennai to here in Baltimore in, in my phone saying that my mom is healthy and she's doing fine that day that would be the biggest compliment that I'm really looking forward to. You know, I hope that's on its way very soon. Yep. But I love Hopefully. the fact that all Asian parents are the same, right? You're more focused <laughs> on us rather than our successes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think um, that's totally true. Right. So to our live listeners, if you have a quick comment, feel free to drop it in the chat box and do let us know uh, where you're tuning in from, so we can give you a quick acknowledgement. And Satya is going to give away a free mentoring session. So if you're an entrepreneur or would love to know more about healthcare, <coughs> this is a chance to get that free mentoring session as well. So thank you all. We have a live listener that I want to acknowledge. We have Nikita Padmar, who's joining us from Chicago. Hey, Nikita, welcome to the show. So Satya, let me ask you this. As an entrepreneur, you know, when you look mm -hmm. back at your journey, <coughs> what are like the top three leadership skills or traits that have helped you become very successful so far? Mm, no, I would say, uh, I call it the three P's maybe. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the passion, perseverance, and, and patience. Uh, as I said earlier, like I'm, I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. It keeps me up in the night and, and, and constantly helps me to work. Uh, it's been six years since I even worked because I, I don't see every day as a work, but it's actually doing something that I'm fun, excited about doing. Uh, perseverance, I think it's, it's, you need a lot of perseverance and, and uh, because especially working with a diverse set of people coming from different geographics and culture, uh, putting everyone together and then having everyone have a similar vision, identifying such people and working with them is 
what really uh, excites me every single day. And um, third thing I think is like really the patience. Uh, oftentimes uh, I was somebody who had like no patience at all. I mean, I really wanted to do things uh, at, in, a, in a really short time. But um, today uh, from an idea to a prototype, it took two years. And then from a prototype to a working device, something that can be commercialized took almost six years. Um, engineering takes its time. I started to appreciate the uh, work of every engineer, uh, but more importantly, um, having that patience uh, was really key for me. So I think all those three things are absolutely essential uh, if you wanted to be successful in uh, being an entrepreneur. I love the three Ps of success, but let me delve a little bit deep into the patience aspect because you know, a lot of us feel this restlessness where we have to achieve something you know, at a faster pace, but, you know, be it engineering or be it even podcasting, it takes time to get that organic growth or that prototyping, uh, the design to the implementation phase. What is something that's worked really well to develop more patience and resilience through this process? I think it's about uh, not the outcomes. Like oftentimes we will look at the outcome of whatever they are doing. And they wanted to see that outcome at a really short time. Um, for me, it's about the process. Like during the process, what you're learning, that's what is really important. So every day, although I wish I have like maybe $10 million today <laughs> so that I can just push the company even faster. But what I really see is like, okay, today, like with 10,000, what I can do, um, I really start focusing on that. Um, I really look up to small successes uh, and uh, small achievements. And, and I really believe like those achievements are kind of the building blocks of bigger success. So when it comes to patience, it, it just, I really start focusing on where I could, uh, where I'm making mistakes. And is there anything that I could do from my end to actually speed up the process? If there is none, then I would let uh, karma decides uh, itself, I mean, like, and take its own time. So that's how I've been working on and pretty much it have been successful uh, nine out of 10 times. And I believe um, if there is a need to actually accelerate certain aspect, um, it also needs like support from the groups. So I've, I'm really thankful that I had a great support system that was really helping me throughout this process. Um, so patience was kind of one of the traits that I was holding on to. No, that's very true, Satya. And sometimes with the right amount of patience, things just magically happen. You don't have to work too hard for certain things is what, you know, sometimes you feel about life. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, it applies to not just business, but also to personal life. Very true. So let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey with Adar Health. Can you tell us more about the company, the vision that you have in mind? Absolutely. No, at, at ADAR, it was previously multi-sensor diagnostics, but uh, we rebrand to ADAR Health, or it sounds as uh, pronounced as ADAR Health. Uh, basically, it's, it's a healthcare technology and digital medicine company where we aim to reimagine how uh, today clinical trial is conducted, how chronic care management is uh, performed, or in terms of how overall health monitoring involves. So. As, as a solution, we, we wanted to create a new kind of personalized experience for people with chronic condition. 
and enable the positive health outcomes. Uh, that that's that's our ultimate goal. Um, but I think from a vision point of view, one thing that I've been always like um, passionate about is how can we bring autonomy towards health, right? Uh, there's like s- autonomous cars there. There's uh, there's autonomy in a lot of different things. But when it comes to health, we still rely upon a lot of factors. We oftentimes don't have the tools or technology to help help us out. And we go to the doctor's office every time when we are sick. So we wanted to create a more proactive care than a reactive care. So for us, what we really wanted to do is like, can we give the tools uh, and and technology to deliver a far healthier consumer first experience to every single individual? So that what, for example, what Netflix has done uh, for movies, uh, like what we wanted to provide a care that is more tailored to an individual. So through that, we can actually enhance the quality of life. So for us, how can we improve outcomes and quality of life is, is key. Um, so as a part of our solution, we built a single device that measures around 10 different health parameters. Um, it's, I don't know, people, there are more Star Trek fans uh, in the audience. Like It's a more like a medical tricorder that we wanted to build so that a single device can actually measure your overall health at a very short time. So that's our goal. And then again, just building a solution and then throwing out a bunch of numbers is not really the true value that you wanted to offer. It's about like, what's the impact? What's what the numbers mean and how that numbers can actually help improve somebody's health and, and more importantly, empower them to make sustainable changes or behavior changes in, so that they can get a better health outcomes. So that's our that's our goal, and uh, in order to achieve that, we have a device technology uh, telemedicine platform that enable exchange and communication between patient, caregivers, providers, and and also uh, a platform that can actually cater to other um, uh, stakeholders in healthcare. For example, pharmaceutical companies who wanted to accelerate the drug development process. Um, payers who wanted to better manage their patients uh, and their members. So we wanted to offer a whole suite of uh, solutions that is centered around this individual device uh, that measures the overall health. I'll be happy to tell you a little bit more about the device itself. Well, that was uh, something I'm more excited to learn more about, uh, Mouth Lab. So tell us more about it. And you know, Satya, something that really struck me as you were talking about Mm -hmm. your vision for the company is, you are empowering your end users, like people like you and me, to make certain mm-hmm. decisions about where they are on the health curve. And in the era where there's a lot of commercialization of healthcare mm-hmm. and medicines, you know, having a, a device that's really focused on giving a lot of value to, a, to the end consumers, I think that's a very unique value proposition. So kudos to you for thinking of us and how we can actually figure out, you know, uh, and our health assessment at our own pace, on demand, you know, very simple to use way. And, you know, it's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of mouth lab is more like a, a thermometer, right? You know, mm-hmm. when I know my temperature, my body temperature is above a certain mm-hmm. uh, a number, I know whether I'm, I'm sick or I'm not sick. You know, something that's as easy as that. So tell us more about mouth lab. No, I think uh, we kind of took a similar analogy as well. So uh, as I was saying, because... My mom is going through a lot of uh, challenges. Uh, I offered a multiple devices to her. I mean, of course, she takes like maybe 
almost 10 different drugs for a lot of different things. And on top of it, um, I gave her like five or six different devices for her to measure her health every single day from spirometer to blood pressure to thermometers. So the challenge is it made her sick every single day. And there was a lot of reasons for her to not use the device. Um, and uh, as you may know, like a lot, of, uh, a lot of parents tend to find reasons for not doing something. So for me, it was when I when I look back, I was looking at like what is something that she used every single day uh, was like a toothbrush. Uh, so it's an electric toothbrush. She picks up the device, push up the button and then brushes and put it back once she's done. So we wanted to take a similar approach. So that's why we built uh, this device. So this is this is our device. Um, similar to, I would say a toothbrush, I would say you, you hold the device and you place it in your mouth and you breathe through normally for 30 seconds. At the end of 30 seconds, you perform lung function tests, uh, or which is like essentially inhaling uh, as much as possible and then filling your lungs and exhaling as hard as possible. Once you're done, you can treat this like a toothbrush again, like and wash it and put it back into the, uh, the charging base. So uh, it's essentially like it's an everyday activity. We wanted to pair one habit with another habit. Um, but the whole point of this device is not just measuring one or two factors, right? Oftentimes there's like false positives. I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of my friends, they go to an ER and then say, hey, my Apple Watch said that uh, I have an arrhythmia or some other challenges. Uh, and these false positives can be eliminated by measuring your overall health. So today, Mouth Lab measures 10 different health parameters from your temperature, your blood pressure, ECG, oxygen saturation, pulse rate, respiratory rate, respiratory pattern, heart rate, heart rate variability, and lung function. What it means that is it takes into account all the different aspects of your health every single day. And if there's any small changes through what's your baseline, it actually alerts the care providers in, in real time. So the device also has uh, 4G connectivity. So uh, if you don't have a smartphone, you can still use this device. Um, we have speakers and microphones within the device, which also helps users like my mom to communicate with the device um, as and when it's required, and also helps us to better manage uh, their health. So what today, what we are doing is once the data is collected, it actually sends everything to, sorry, I'm gonna mute it for a second. <laughs> you know, Satya uh, is stationed next to uh... John Hopkins University, as well as a fire engine station. So he, yeah. he has a very entertaining neighborhood, I should say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we are right in the middle of uh, like everything that happens in Baltimore. So um, it's a fun place to be. So yeah, as, as I was saying, so we really wanted to build more like a, a it's more like a check engine light for humans, right? Something that you have in a car, you, you you don't keep looking at it every single day, but then one day it pops up saying, hey, you need to take care of your car. Similarly, we, we wanted to build a solution that is more robust, something that's easily integrated into the life flow of the users, something that people can use it every single day um, and at the same time move on with their life. If there is any, any abnormalities or any challenges, the physicians will reach out to you or uh, we're also building our own um, command center where we could actually have nurses and healthcare professionals to actually look at the daily data so that we can be the first responders in most of the cases. And if there is an emergency, we ensure that patients or the users are uh, connected to the right 
kind of intervention at the right time. You know, I love it as I'm as I'm thinking of how this device is going to evolve over the next couple of years. It's, it's very futuristic, not just as a device, but more about the ecosystem that you have in mind that will mm -hmm. help us feel that we are in good hands, you know, whenever an emergency occurs. Absolutely. And and, and also, as I uh, said earlier, I mean, one of the reasons why we decided to like use this device to collect information from the mouth uh, and not just go for a wearable that's like or a patch that is in the body is because uh, we also get access to breath and saliva. So uh, essentially, we're working on a lot of biochemical sensors uh, to perform biochemical analysis of breath and saliva, which is the future. So ultimately, what we really want is to collect the largest digital data set on human health uh, and disease so that we can build an entire infrastructure that is more uh, easy to use and can actually shift the paradigm when it comes to personalized or precision medicine. You know, that's amazing. And I'm looking forward to your continued success, Satya. And now coming to the crux of the episode, uh, you know, we have this pandemic happening, this COVID-19, and I'm looking at you and your mouth lab device. And here's a question from one of our live listeners. There's Jenny from LA. Uh, she's a, a, a university chair for bioinformatics at one of the universities on the West Coast. Uh, she says, really impressed with your work, Satya. Have you or your company designed or thought of designing anything for COVID-19 testing? And I'm looking forward to an exciting answer from you. No, absolutely. I think uh, when we started, actually, um, till the early phases of 2020, we we were uh, going through this challenge that people tend to ask us, like, why so many so many parameters? And uh, oftentimes people tend to cherry pick and ask me, hey, can I just have uh, the thermometer and the blood pressure in your device so that I pay like uh, one tenth of the cost of the device, right? But after COVID, we got like close to some 4,000, 5,000 emails within a span of like two to three months where people were really excited. They wanted to have a device like this at home and thermometers is not uh, something that's going to be an early detection system. So it, it is going to tell you if you have, if you're sick or if you have fever or if your temperature. So for us, um, that was a starting point. And, and um, today everyone goes to the hospital when they know they are sick or um, they, they don't know when they are asymptomatic, so they end up uh, infecting others as well. So there were a lot of challenges and we reached out to the FDA and even the FDA was very excited to understand like, hey, here's a device that could actually really help people at home. So for us, that was a starting point. So for example, some of the early signs and symptoms involved like fever, cough, uh, shortness of breath can be measured using our device like through the thermometer, we have acoustic sensors that measure the coughing pattern uh, and respiratory flow morphology helps you to understand the shortness of breath. And, and as also the progressive signs and symptoms like changes in the lung functions can be measured uh, using our uh, lung function tests and um, SpO2, which is a very uh, important parameter that people, a lot of people have used during this time um, we can measure SpO2 as well. And then basically, um, if and there is- what does it is stand an, for, Satya, if you can just expand uh, it for the listeners? Blood oxygen saturation. Yeah, arterial uh, blood oxygen saturation. So essentially that, and and a lot of changes that happens within the uh, ECG rhythm. So we capture the ECG rhythm. Uh, so we can also look into uh, what are the abnormalities associated with the different curves. 
Uh, and more importantly, it, it also measures your heart rate and heart rate variability. So essentially a combination of all these different parameters weighted uh, based on their priority, weighted based on somebody's health condition, it would be a most reliable test that anybody can use. So we were very fortunate to receive a National Science Foundation um, SBIR grant uh, last year to actually build a surveillance system for monitoring COVID patients uh, at home uh, and also for monitoring patients with complex con chronic conditions. So we were successfully able to build that solution uh, and we are fortunate to have the entire end-to-end -end solution today that can be used um, for monitoring patients uh, with uh, complex chronic conditions as well as patients with COVID. Uh, we are also um, planning to start a study at the Johns Hopkins uh, Medical Institute. Uh, we are a spin-off company from Hopkins. So we're working with our partners to actually um, put this device as a part of uh, uh, at home care so that we can identify uh, not just the impact of COVID on people's health during that short time, but also the long-term impact of it. Uh, we're also talking to pharma and vaccine manufacturers to actually put this device as a part of um, post-market studies where we really look into what's the baseline of the individual before vaccination and then what really alters and then if there's any challenges that people are going through because some of these changes are very subtle and oftentimes it's not captured using one or two parameters and, and requires a device like what we have. You know, that's very fascinating and congratulations on your breakthroughs as well. We have an interesting question from one of our live listeners, if, uh, you know, if you're willing to share this. Uh, sure. It's from Purandar Gimure, who would love to know, is this affordable for people in terms of your absolutely. price point? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Uh, um, I'd be happy. I mean, people can reach out to me. We can absolutely uh, talk about it. But in most cases, we wanted to uh, get this device at, at at a low cost or no cost to the end users. Because if you're if you have an insurance, then basically we wanted to have this covered under insurance. Um, if you're 65 years and older, then definitely CMS. Uh, could be able to, or centers for Medicare and Medicaid. There are a lot of reimbursement codes associated with this that can be used to cover. Um, but also for uh, people like me, right, uh, or, or people who really wanted to use a solution, it's far cheaper than any of the solutions that is going to be out in the market. Uh, for us, it's not about making millions. It's about uh, impacting millions of people's lives. So we wanted to make sure that there are absolutely not just one route, but like multiple routes where we can actually get this device at a very cheaper price or uh, at, at no cost to the end users so that the only concern that they need to have is to, uh, or the only thing that they need to do is to measure using the device every day and not worry about the cost associated with that. You know, that's very true. And I'm so glad you're looking at the impact to the society. So, uh, you know, making it affordable and empowering people so they can they can get to know the status of their health just to like the flick of a button. You know, yeah. that's, that's very helpful. So tell me this, um, Satya, how do you see the future of healthcare in the US evolving in the next couple of years, especially after this pandemic? I think we've taken a hit in terms of the resource availability and mm -hmm. it's been more like, uh, uh, you know, panic uh, system mm -hmm. right now. But uh, how do you how do you see this uh, going forward? 
I think uh, mostly everything is going to be home-based care. Everything is going to be more digital, right? So, for example, um, COVID actually disrupted the uh, clinical trial industry today. Like everything is like what was really before was done was like all hospital-based. I mean, even my mom, she had to go maybe like two hours sometime to be a part of a study. Uh, so right now, everything is is virtualized. Everything is decentralized. Um, and there are a lot of hybrid models that have been also evolving where users can go for one or two visits, but then more of the other visits are done uh, at the user's home. And there are companies that are actually sending entire PCR kits and, and also people to go home to perform studies uh, or collect information from the users. I think um, uh, even the telehealth has uh, significantly uh, improved a number of reimbursements associated with telehealth also significantly grew last year. And that is here to stay. And, and what, I mean, it's a standard <laughs> response, right? A lot of people are talking about it. Uh, oh, this is going to be the, this is going to be the next thing and everyone's going to take care of things at home. But, we strongly believe that there's going to be more mergers, there's going to be more um, uh, partnerships because, uh, uh, as you may know, like Best Buy Health is, is, is another entity that, that's coming up. There's Walgreens, uh, CVS, and every single non-traditional players previously now are in mainstream healthcare. So what we really, really believe is like the big companies from the Google, the Amazon, um, uh, and uh, other companies are going to really uh, like contribute towards this uh, digitization of healthcare. And um, that's going to be the future. And that's why we sit at this point where we can be that bridge that integrates uh, all the different key stakeholders involved and and offer something that is that's more um, in in a more digestible format for everybody, and and not still rely upon increasing the costs because going virtual means like there should be reduction in costs. So what we really look into or like what the future is really going to be is focused on um, virtual care, focused on care that is delivered anywhere, anytime. That's fascinating, Satya. And for me, as I'm hearing your story, you know, I love the fact that you have this revolutionary healthcare device and this vision for ADAR Health. But at the same time, you're not just looking at yourself or your company as a disruptor. You're looking at yourself more as a as a facilitator who can integrate all these different stakeholders in the health ecosystem for the benefit of the end patient. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's a very lofty goal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting how all these big key players like Amazon uh, might end up creating more innovation in the healthcare ecosystem. No, I think, uh, as I said, it's, I mean, everybody tried. I mean, even uh, Haven Health was like a um, like company that was initiated with Amazon, Berkshire, and uh, JP Morgan. Uh, but the challenge is it's it needs some healthcare players as well. So uh, I strongly believe there's the barriers are going to be, uh, there's not going to be any more barriers for partnerships. And uh, because like healthcare, like it's almost like 20 percentage of our GDP. So uh, there's more room for additional players to come in. And uh, it's just that finding the right partners and then engaging in a non-competitive manner would be uh, very helpful for, uh, I would say, bringing more innovation into healthcare. 
You know, that's very true. And I love the attitude that you have in terms of, you know, non-competitive players. So it's for the benefit of the, the society. But tell me this, Satya, you know, as an entrepreneur, as you're looking at positioning yourself and your company amidst all the disruption and the innovation that's expected to happen in healthcare, what keeps you up at night? You know, what what's always in the back of your mind? I mean, <laughs> I think for for me, uh, the, the challenge of, again, we, we work with, very limited funds we work with uh, a very small team but i'm what's something that really keeps me up is like the potential of the solution and then there's the people that are waiting to get such a solution for me it's it's the ability to do a lot more with the device and then having not launched yet makes me like uh really cringe at times where like, hey, here is the solution that could be and should be in the hands of consumers every single day that or every single individual should own one. So for us, it just really pushes me towards uh, getting that product in the hands of the consumers. Um, really, I mean, even today, I just, I get calls. My mom lives on the other side of the world, but uh, I get a call in the middle of the night and the first thing that hits me is like, I don't know what's happened to her. So that's that's the fear. I live with the fear every single day, and there are caregivers like me who live with that same fear. Uh, so, can I make an impact in their lives? Can I, like, at least give a peace of mind for them, knowing that their loved ones are happy and healthy, is what really pushes me and keeps me up in the night. You know, and that's something that most of us can resonate. You know, as Asian Americans who have extended family and parents living in a different part of the world, but you still want to keep track, monitor their health, uh, you know, from another country. So I'm so glad you're thinking through and creating a lot of, uh, uh, you know, ways in which caregivers can have that peace of mind. I, I really love that statement of yours. Yeah. And then even in, in the U.S., I, I strongly believe almost 70 percentage or more of uh, people who are 65 plus or 70 plus, they live alone. Uh, they often don't have anybody to support or around. So uh, even though their like loved ones are in different parts of the country, uh, it's it's far more challenging. So I think that's where I feel like here is a solution that resonates with a lot more people, and and there's no barrier, there's no culture barrier, there's no geographic barriers, there's no um, I would say like rich or poor. I mean everybody has the same same challenge, right? Right, and there's no technological barrier. You know something that's very simple to use and intuitive that removes yeah. that uh, hesitation in the minds of users to use another new device. Absolutely. I think uh, oftentimes my, I had challenges with my mom wearing a blood pressure cuff and she oftentimes finds it very difficult if she's alone, it's, it's impossible for her to measure. So that's where our device could be like, even for that one aspect, it'll be very helpful. So that's what we wanted is like, can we simplify health? Um, to all the users. And you are doing it, so thank you for that. But tell us this in a very candid uh, perspective, uh, Satya, when you have setbacks, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. you have this fear about being a caregiver or the device mm -hmm. not reaching its potential consumers in a, in a faster manner. How do you handle these setbacks and low moments in your life? <laughs> I would say like, I'll just recap on, um, other things that could have gone wrong, right? I think there are so many other things that could have gone wrong. Um, but more importantly, when you, and I was in a even more uh, 
lowest moments in my life where I was I was jobless at times. I I didn't have uh, uh, like visa to go back to India and then come back again. Uh, so there were a lot of lot of challenges that we go through. I mean, especially being an entrepreneur is or starting a company in the U.S. Not being a citizen is it's a huge challenge. So for me. I just really look back at uh, all those moments where I had challenges, and then today, like I'm, I'm able to run a company. I'm able to have like a huge, fantastic, and inspiring group of people. That really keeps me pushing. And and sometimes I, I mean, or most times I tend to listen to um, stories of entrepreneurs and failures and successes. Uh, kind of inspires me, and and music helps me in a lot of different ways as well. music is soothing no matter the challenge that you're facing absolutely that's awesome so we have a fun rapid fire round for you satya are you ready for it sure awesome so as an entrepreneur i'm quite sure you must have got used to these off the cuff pitches so here you go you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when i say the following in one word okay. wherever possible okay. who's your role model um I would say maybe Elon Musk and APJ Abdul Kalam. I have two role models uh, for two different reasons. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, what does happiness mean to you? Uh, it's about the ability to do something uh, meaningful in somebody else's life. I think, uh, and and then the power of giving, right? I mean, oftentimes it doesn't have to be money. It's about time. It's about uh, the encouragement or doing something. How do you define success? uh i i think like when i say success or defining success like i mean i'm not a big fan of churchill but i love this uh one quote from him which talks about like success involves like going from failure to failure uh without losing enthusiasm uh i kind of follow that and and i today i'm very happy uh, after going through so many failures i'm still standing you know that's very true keeps you going yeah. so tell me this fun side of uh, satya what's one fun thing that you can share with our listeners uh oh yeah i think uh, i think most of my team knows but uh, not a lot of people i guess <laughs> i was a i was an introvert all my life maybe till 25 years of my life uh but actually dancing changed me like i started learning a lot of uh, dance uh, forms so i love dancing uh, but something that nobody else knows in my team also is like i i tend to paint a lot uh, i Unfortunately, uh, I have not done anything in the past uh, six to seven years. You know, those are kind of nice rituals, right? That you practice to just get your creativity, your innovation, or you know, just your stress outside of your system. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, dancing definitely helps. I know. All right. So the last question to you, Satya. What is your native language, and one word to describe yourself in that language? Uh, my native language is Tamil. Uh, I mean. I don't know. I just wanted to. I was trying to see. I cannot think of something very simple that people can resonate. Uh, but uh, maybe even the company name, right? I think um, ADR actually stems from uh, a lot of different things. I said it says ADR Health, uh, but actually it means uh, in in Tamil it means uh, it's it's taken from a root word like other or like empathy. Uh, I really believe in empathy. I. and and it also means like uh evidence right i mean i i believe in evidence i believe in things that uh i can see i can just uh believe on 
So radar is is uh, or um, Aadhaar, whatever you can call it, like <laughs> uh, that could be something that really uh, talks about me. Uh, but ambitious is is a is a nice word that I could use. Uh, no, I see you, Safiya, someone who's ambitious, but at the same time very approachable, who's thinking beyond himself, and uh, I think focusing on healthcare, which is the the true epitome of. you know helping human kind continue to lead happy healthier lives i think that's very crucial for us so kudos to you on your continued success and we wish you all the very best as you as you become the entrepreneur that you have set yourself to become no thank you so much i think this is a fantastic opportunity and uh, i mean it's not like we didn't talk about a lot about healthcare so which is good it's it's more about uh, like in general about what what we can do and what we are up to uh with our company at adar health uh so i i'm really excited and fortunate to be a part of this and hopefully uh would love to engage with all the listeners uh, offline as well thank you that's amazing and we wanted to provide a different flavor of satya to our listeners so they get a chance to understand a little bit about healthcare mouth lab device and how covid has revolutionized you know some of these uh achievements of yours so they can be more aware and enlightened so thank you for that do you have any parting thoughts before we wrap up our episode today no i'm i'm, I'm really for like i'm really excited and uh, more excited for you as well they I mean thank you. I, i heard that you're reaching your 100th episode which is phenomenal uh, i don't know like most people don't achieve that feat too early uh, and uh, it's it's a nice thing that you are able to talk to um innovators like hundred of them right or 98 right now uh so you have learned a lot of lessons from them i'm i'm very jealous about uh, <laughs> this journey but uh, i'm i'm thankful that uh, i was able to be a small part of uh, your journey so definitely looking forward to listening to your future episodes and and also uh please please feel free to reach out and uh, anyone who's listening and watching this youtube live Uh, reach out to me if you can contribute in a small way because i think we have achieved something that is unheard of <laughs> oftentimes companies have taken like maybe 20 30 million to reach where we are today um but we have achieved through a little over 2 million dollars and then uh, with a very small yet uh, like passionate team and going from nothing to actually like now have a validated uh regulatory cleared product uh is a huge achievement and i really would love to continue to share my thought and if if there is anyone who's listening want to be a part of it in in a small way please do reach out to me uh you can you can find me on linkedin or um my email address is info@adar.com a i d a r.com please reach out look forward to hearing from you all Thank you so much Satya but before I let you go I have a burning question at the back of my mind sure you know as an asian as a person of color as an entrepreneur in this country has this ever been a, a challenge in terms of achieving your dreams or your aspirations I think uh, as I said I mean the the biggest challenge is like starting a company here like being uh, if you're not a citizen there's a lot more challenges I know a lot of people who are very passionate um but i think I, i don't know if somebody would have like um i would say like taken an, an opportunity of course it would be a nice thing to um 
be here in this company and be different from others. But personally, it was um, it was a rewarding experience. I think uh, it's it's an American dream, right? Everybody talks about American dream. Uh, for me, I was able to um, I mean maybe fulfill that uh, to a small extent. Uh, but hopefully, uh, going forward, I don't think anybody people who have faced any challenges. I don't think. Um, it's going to be a burden anymore. Uh, anybody can achieve anything, especially in this uh, internet world, right? I mean, it's digital world. That's very true. I'm so glad you've ended it on a positive note that nothing can be a barrier if you've set your eyes on your end goal. So thank you so much for that, Satya. And to our listeners on this 98th episode of Career Startup Leadership Podcast uh, with Satya Ilumlai, the CEO of ADAR. You know, the one key takeaway that I really loved from this episode is Patience, you know, it's a virtue, but it has tremendous results if you're able to embrace it as part of your life, be it personal, professional. So thank you so much on that optimistic note. And we wish you all the very best, Satya, as well. And for our listeners, we're going to keep that free mentoring session open. So if you're watching this on replay after the end of the broadcast, feel free to drop in a quick comment in the chat box saying you want this mentoring session with Satya and we'll make it happen as well. So thank you so much, Satya. And thanks for your kind words on our episodes and our 100th episode that's going to come soon as well. Um, to our listeners, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have two wonderful co-hosts who are going to take on my episode 100. So stay tuned. And how would you do that? By following me, Priyanka Komla, and a Career Startup Leadership Podcast page on LinkedIn. So give us a like if you're watching this episode live. And if you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe there as well. And for all our podcast lovers, please give us a like and subscribe to help us understand how this podcast has helped you become a better version of yourself. Until another episode, which is going to happen tomorrow with Jay Shah, who is an amazing mission learning expert. This is your host, Priyanka Komla, signing off from Career Startup Leadership Podcast, a podcast to spotlight purpose-driven leaders making an impact. And thank you so much, Satya, for being part of our show today. Absolutely. Take care.